Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, and I'd like to start off the show by wishing you all a very, very happy Valentine's Day. I hope that it's filled with love. There are all different kinds of ways that you can get love. One is the absolutely great sex, passionate kind, <laughs> my personal favorite. And then there's also um, all kinds of love that's important as well, the love of your family and your friends and the universe. And in case you're thinking to yourself, huh, another Valentine's Day and I don't have any of the kinds of love that I want, especially the passionate kind, my guest today will help you to get the love that you want. Her name is Dr. Diana Kirshner. Uh, she has just come out with a new book called Opening Love's Door, The Seven Lessons, and she puts a new spin to getting the love that you want that I think has a lot going for it. <laughs> and after all, what do you have to lose if this is another Valentine's Day that you still don't have the love you want? Maybe you need to try another approach. So welcome to the show. Dr. Dr. Diana Kirshner is a psychologist. Uh, in addition to being the author of this new book, she has also co-authored a book called Comprehensive Family Therapy, which was nominated as, as one of the 100 most important books in family psychology. She's been on all different kinds of TV shows from Oprah on down and uh, quoted in magazines and um, all over generally trying to spread uh, her message as to how to get the love you want. And Dr. Diana, I just found out, uh, managed to get the, <laughs> the love that she wanted 30, beginning 30 years ago. So welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Carroll. I'm, I'm just really thrilled to be here. Well, why don't we start with, um, you know, I expected from having begun your book, which is a morsel that I'm uh, savoring, <laughs> oh, thank you. Um, I have, uh, I, I figured that the therapist uh, that is described in the first chapter called The Shoemaker Has No Shoes, No Shoes for the Shoemaker, right. um, you know, meaning the, the shoemaker goes barefoot is the one, what's the exact... Uh, no shoes for the shoemaker. Well, well, I guess yes, I guess that's the exact quote. But the idea um, of of that we who and that sometimes therapists who know all about love are the last ones to uh, make sure that they have it in their lives, and that goes sure. for whatever people are doing. That sometimes we take care of ourselves last, whatever job we do. Um, it often exactly. happens. Exactly, exactly. And in opening love's door, it's uh, I've actually created it as a, a fable. It's a fable with seven lessons for creating love in your life. And and it's a story about Jana, who is a, a therapist and a woman who is devoted to everyone but herself, you know. And um, she meets a mysterious fairy godmother figure, this Raffaella Love, and Raffaella is magical, but uh, kind of mundane and also into bloomies and Botox. <laughs> <laughs> and she teaches Jana seven lessons for creating love in her life. Well, you mean the, that's not it, going to Bloomingdale's and getting Botox? <laughs> <laughs> Damn! <laughs> <laughs> not enough, not quite enough. 
a few more things like self love and you know you know being grounded uh, and I actually talk about you know the importance of being grounded in the spiritual, having some spiritual center so you're not feeling so lonely and not feeling so desperate and um also empowering yourself. It's very, very important to empower yourself. Well, we're going to get into all of that, but why don't we start with um, how you, a happily married uh, for 30 years a woman, um, got interested in this whole concept of um, helping primarily your book is addressed to single women, although certainly men would get something out of reading it, yeah, too. Yeah, men, men have enjoyed it, too. I, uh, I tell you, I ran a, a postgraduate uh, training center for 11 and a half years um, along with my husband and some colleagues, and um, we developed a kind of um, therapy that integrated individual and couples work that was very, very important in terms of helping singles find love. And we had a large clinic, and I did a lot of supervision of therapists who were seeing single women. And using our approaches, uh, we found that the single women were finding happy relationships, and they were getting married at a much higher rate than you would have expected. And um, wait, that the that that who? These are the the clients. These are the clients. You mean that that because using this program? Yes, using this particular type of therapy. And, and I distilled uh, the some uh, the, some of the principles of this kind of therapy into uh, an easy to read uh, romance. You know, opening love store, so that people could understand how to go about using these principles for themselves. And um, then. Um, I created a little e-workbook to go with it called The Ultimate Guide to Getting the Love You Want. Um, so the um, And this was in New York City, right? Actually in the Philadelphia area. Oh, it was in Philadelphia. Yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. that's now, now I'm in the New York City area. Yeah. I see. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but certainly uh, as devotees of Sex in the City, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no... Um, finding love in a city like New York, and I guess it was not that dissimilar in, in Philadelphia, uh, you know, in the city can be a more challenging um, pursuit. It's very, very hard because everyone's rushing here and there, and they are so into their careers, and they're working so many hours. It's very difficult. Okay, well, why don't we... Um... What? Well, first of all, <laughs> I'm always I, in, on this show. It's not a secret that it's called Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm always interested. Whatever, whoever my guest is, I'm always interested in what got them involved in whatever the topic is. And I'm wondering, since you hadn't, since you weren't as knowledgeable when you met your husband, mm-hmm. what techniques or what do you think it was that? And obviously, it was a good match. Mm-hmm. What do you think it was that um, that? you knew intuitively that that worked. I'll tell you, what happened was that I actually had a fairy godmother hmm. that, that allowed me to to develop my relationship with my husband. I mean, you know, we met, we fell in love, and then it was all downhill from there when we, we first got together, like, you know, in most marriages. Because, of course, marriage brings out... The initially brings out the best and then brings out the worst in you, as you well know. Uh, and um, I had a, uh, a mentor who was like a surrogate father to me. 
And um, that's why, I mean, I, I talk about fairy godmothers all the time, getting yourself a fairy godmother and how important that is. Uh, a fairy godmother can be either a man or a woman. But basically what it is is getting someone who can kind of reparent you, a mentor who can reparent you or give you the positive validating experiences that you longed for as a child. And... um this is a very powerful process, and basically, because I had a fairy godmother helping me, a person who was like a mentor, was like a, a good father, mother person, I was able to, um, you know, deepen my love and actually not get divorced and create the kind of relationship that is, is growing all the time. Um, as Raphael loves, you know, the fairy godmother figure says in Opening Love's Door, you know, you can go home again. And going home and getting that, getting what you need can allow you to go out and be, you know, refortified. Yes, I mean, and I guess um, the idea of someone who reflects back to you all the good things, the unconditional love that you didn't get as a child. That's it, exactly. And you can fine-tune that by figuring out what you missed out on as a child. I mean, what exactly did you miss out on? Was it it, uh, advice? Was it unconditional love? Was it affection? Or was it a kick in the rear end? I mean, we also need a little bit of help getting ourselves going, you know. Um, and then in terms of getting a fairy godmother, you look for people who think highly of you, you know, ones who you admire, maybe a step-parent. It could be a good aunt. It could be a therapist. It could be uh, a minister or a rabbi. And what you do is you pick one and you build a relationship and, you know, and you ask for the tough or tender loving care you really need and you practice seeing yourself the way your fairy godmother or godfather sees you you know, as a person with poetry in their soul, you know, a person who's worthwhile, who's lovable, who's attractive, you know, without the pimples or warts. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, very powerful process. You know, how um, how successful, I mean, you were saying about how, and this isn't really just in the city, but how people seem to be busier now than ever before. Mm-hmm. How easy is it to um, to find a fairy godmother who's willing to spend the time to, to do all that? Well, you know, it depends. It depends. If it's a step-parent, you know, that can sometimes be easier, if, or, you know, a good aunt, that kind of thing. Right. It all depends. Or you can look for a therapist who is, let's say, more active. If you If you grew up not getting kind of advice and not, um, you know, having someone who actively believed in you, you could look for a therapist who is uh, practices a type of therapy that is remedial for you, that is they, they do give advice mm-hmm. uh, and they do express belief and, you know, realistic belief in your abilities. Um, you know, someone who is maybe more a cognitive behavioral therapist would be more of the kind of fairy god mother or godfather figure that you need. Um, but, you know, if you go through what I have in, in the ultimate guide to getting the love you want, which wait, is... The, wait, the, wait, let me just... <laughs> being a psychoanalytically oriented ah, psychotherapist, yeah, okay. I can't let that go, I'm, go by completely. But I know what, what you're talking about is 
um, that for some people who need more of the advice, that being with a totally analytic therapist who just says, uh-huh, might not um, be what they need at that particular time. But there are psychoanalytically oriented well, psychotherapists who can be warm and fuzzy, too. Well, I think that that's, that's an excellent point that you raise. I think that analytical therapists are fabulously wonderful fairy godmothers for folks who never got any attention because they're great at giving attention and they have unconditional positive regard. And uh, that is very, very powerful. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we got that little plug-in. <laughs> well, actually, because in the things that I was reading of yours, um, I mean, it does seem like that's something that you, I mean, a lot of the... The advice that you give is based upon, besides spiritual, some things that are certainly psychoanalytically oriented. Oh yeah, so. yeah. I believe I believe that there's just you know there's there's a tremendous amount of wisdom in in so many so many approaches. Yes. All right, and when we come back, we'll hear more about this. And Dr. Diana went uh, didn't just look at the traditional approaches that are that she was taught, but um, also apparently thought information from more mystical philosophies and maybe we can start talking about that when we come back you're listening to dr carol's couch i'm your psychiatrist host dr carol lieberman my guest today is dr diana kirshner and her book is opening love's door the seven lessons so stay tuned you want the truth Face the facts. This is VoiceAmerica.com. Depend on it. Once upon a time, there lived three energy hogs. Now, an energy hog is what you have when humans waste energy. One day, the three energy hogs set out to find themselves a cottage. Let's look for leaky windows, said the first energy hog, for he knew that would waste energy. Let's look for leaky doors, said the second. Let's look for a twig set, said the third, for he had more blubber than brains. So they set off down the road. Presently, they came upon a tiny cottage where dwelled a clever girl named Dreadylocks. I hope it has leaky windows, cried the first energy hog. I hope it has leaky doors, cried the second. I hope it has a bathroom, cried the third, for only his brains were smaller than his bladder. But Dreadylocks liked playing cool games at energyhog.org, and from energyhog.org she learned how to use energy wisely. So the three energy hogs were forced to look elsewhere to waste energy, and had to use the disgusting restroom at the gas station down the road. And the moral of the story is, to use energy wisely, log on to energyhog.org, or waste not, hog not. This public service message brought to you by the U.S. Department of Energy and the Ad Council. If you hear a dog barking or an angel singing, then you know that you're listening to Waking Up in America. Heard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time, Valerie Kirkgaard and all of her friends will bring you powerful and humorous discussions that raise thoughts and give you insight on how to live your life to its fullest potential. Adventure is always a must on Waking Up in America with Valerie Kirkgaard every Wednesday at 12 p.m. Pacific Time. Invoke thought, feeling, and inspiration into your life right here on voiceamerica.com. 
Expand love and light in the universe. Tune into Miracles Happen, Dreams Do Come True with Iris Jackson every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Each week, Iris and her guests empower, encourage, affirm, acknowledge, and remind us of who we really are, providing tools and processes to fulfill our destiny passionately, victoriously, and joyously. Miracles Happen, Dreams Do Come True is under the guidance and direction of our beloved I Am Presence, the seven mighty Elohim, the ascended masters, and the legions of light, and is given with fervent and heartfelt wishes that all of your dreams come true and are a thousand times more wonderful than you ever dreamed possible. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman, wishing you a happy Valentine's Day. May the day is, well, depending upon where you are in the world listening to this, um, you may still have time to get uh, some love in your day, and if not today, then in your life. My guest is going to help you. Her name is Dr. Diana Kirshner, and her book is Opening Love's Door, The Seven Lessons. And before the break, we were talking about, I, I started asking you about um, where where else did you go beyond uh, the traditional, what you learn in psychology grad school, mm-hmm. uh, to find the answer to helping people find the love that they want? Well, um, I, I studied some Eastern disciplines, and I studied meditation. Uh, as you know, there's a lot of research on meditation, on TM alone. There's over 600 studies that show that there are psychological and physical benefits. And... Um, uh, applying it in terms of referring singles to learn meditation and that kind of thing, I really noticed a profound, uh, a profound effect where they would get more uh, quiet uh, inside and grounded, and um, and it, you know it would be easier for them in the dating situation. You know, spiritual connection is there for us all the time, and. Um, you know, when you when you have that kind of connection on a regular basis, either via prayer or meditation or whatever, you feel less alone and less needy, and you're less desperate for love, you know. So um, I recommend some kind of spiritual work, uh, you know. Well, for, for somebody who isn't really familiar with that, I mean, how do you, could you make the connection a little clearer? How would... Um, meditating, and I, I, uh, I mean, I know you talk about um, some of the things perhaps that you choose to meditate upon, mm-hmm. but ha- could you make that connection a little clearer between, you know, I can imagine somebody saying, well, if I sit here <laughs> and look at the ocean for 10 minutes, how is mm-hmm. that going to make it easier for me to find love? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, the studies show that the brainwave activity actually calms down and the brainwaves become even more coordinated. And a lot of uh, the stress and anxiety uh, tends to, to fade away. And it's anxiety and fear that usually stands in our way, you know, between us and finding love. It really is. I mean, you know, you can imagine yourself standing at a party with sweaty palms staring at this gorgeous, 
you know, you know, woman or a gorgeous guy and being afraid to talk to him or her. Uh, you know, it, it's uh, the anxiety that stops us from being real with somebody who we want to connect to. And when you can lower your stress levels and lower your anxiety levels, you're in better shape. You're just in better shape to be honest, to be yourself, to be more carefree, to be happy, and to be more attractive to other people. Yes, it is true that people's... Um, I, I, was, uh, I went to an acting class for a number of years, and um, one of the lessons that I learned... Well, first of all, it wasn't a typical acting class. It was one in which there were all these different exercises that really were very psychological in nature. And the idea was that the more you got rid of your inhibitions, mm-hmm. the more the freer you were to be any particular character that you might have to play as an actor. Mm-hmm. And um, what was amazing was some of the people, you know, there were all different kinds of people in the class, and after people would do exercises in which they... Um, bared their soul, you know, mm-hmm. or talked about uh, uh, something when they were seven years old or whatever it was, and they became much more vulnerable. It mm-hmm. was just amazing to see their face change. People mm-hmm. would become um, so much more attractive mm-hmm. when and you lose years off of their face, but also just become so much more appealing mm-hmm. when they would make themselves vulnerable through telling a particular story, you know, or going through this exercise that made them touch a part of themselves in front of a whole group that they hadn't bared before. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, that was a, that was a very important lesson to to see that rather than when we uh, when we become more vulnerable or in, in, you know, which in a way is what happens also when you, um, uh, in sort of a paradoxical way, when you uh, get connected more spiritually, you are mm-hmm. opening yourself up That's to the right. universe. That's right. That's and right. it just changes. Um, mm-hmm. It makes you more approachable and, and just um, it it's lights you from within. Yes, yes. And there's more of a sense of connectability. It's almost like you're open for connection. Right. <laughs> it's very interesting. You know, in Opening Love's Door, Jana learns a spiritual practice called being in the moment. That's a very simple uh, kind of 15-minute exercise. And what you do is you uh, practice just putting your attention on what's in front of you. You know, uh, you start with things you don't usually notice, like a drain pipe. You put your attention on the asphalt or the roadway or the, you know, blades of grass or a puddle of water. And, um, you just really just kind of slow yourself down. And what happens is that the mind chatter that's cluttering your consciousness, you know, like harpies, uh, tends to fade away if you just keep your attention there. And, um, you know, you, you, you just feel a, a sense of relaxation and, um, you just feel a little brighter, a little, you know, and you're a little more attractive and and less uh, frantic. Yes, and I guess also um, you talk about how when people, <laughs> uh, the other book about um, uh, he's just not that into you. <laughs> right. And how when people spend a whole bunch of time trying to uh, convince themselves or or rationalize why someone isn't calling and when it really is that they're not that into you and you talk about um, 
finding ways to actually look at yourself. I, I guess would that be some of the things that you would be doing in these moments, in these meditative moments? Well, yeah, you know, you can get a lot of insight sometimes when you slow down like that because all of a sudden you'll feel your feelings and you'll, you'll realize that there was something inside that you, you know, didn't want to look at and it just is kind of there or you might feel a sadness, um, that you didn't feel before. Um, and, you know, the key is to look at yourself. That whole business, you know, of obsessing about the guy and whether he's going to call or not, and fantasizing about how he really does want to be with you, but he's busy and this and that and the other thing, that's just totally going to get you nowhere. I mean, you want to look at yourself and feel your own feelings and do that work of understanding what it is you need to have more self-love in your life and surround yourself with loving people, and in particular, as I said before, you know, a kind of fairy godmother, um, to, to help yourself move forward and create the kind of love you really want. Another program that I recommend is, is instead of dating just one guy, meeting this guy and deciding he's the one and fantasizing and, you know, rushing off and matters of the heart, you date three people casually. And this is called the program of three. It's very powerful. Yes, you know, I, I actually have recommended that myself before I, <laughs> I've, I, 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 I have it, yeah. found that to work absolutely. And the reason is because when you are less dependent upon one yes. person yes. for, um, all the positive feelings that you yes. need, yes. um, then you're, you're just much better. You're able to, if, if somebody doesn't call that particular day, then one of the other ones will call. And exactly. the idea is to keep your confidence up. And, yes. Yes, and, yes. And yes, that is certainly one way to do that by, mm -hmm. by not going into a, uh, you know, curling up in a fetal position. <laughs> yes, and while you're waiting for the, 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 the phone to ring, the exactly. cell phone or the email to come in or some kind of text message, it's just crazy. Yes, absolutely. And this is really, I mean, you're not saying, I think you should clarify, you're not saying that people should be sleeping with all No, them. no, no. In fact, you don't have, I, I advise not having sex. You know, and just dating the three people casually. And then, you know, over the course of many months, obviously if one emerges as a real contender, then the stakes change. And then, you know, you, you can start becoming more sexually involved. But if you, if you jump into bed with somebody right away, you know, that's going to release the oxy, uh, oxytocin, which is the, uh, the bonding hormone. And you're going to physically be, be bonded to that person whether you like him or not or like her or not. Yes. yes. <laughs> and, you, you know, you, you don't want to get tied to someone before you know them. Yes, of course. that um, and, and certainly one mistake that a lot of especially teenage girls uh, make is uh, thinking that uh, when they have sex with a, a, a teenage guy, for example, um, that somehow the, they get bonded, and yet the teenage guy has to be do his teenage guy thing, which is right. uh, uh, counting the making notches in his belt or exactly. on his bedpost, mm -hmm. and that's how you know so many people get hurt early on in their love careers and um, really get frightened and turned off from love. And maybe we can talk about that when we come back. The, the fact I certainly have been noticing that more and more people seem to be uh, freezing themselves out from the whole dating game because yes. of having broken hearts. Yes. Well, when we come back, we'll talk more about this on Valentine's Day with my guest, Dr. Diana. 
We're talking about love, getting the love you want. She's the author of Opening Love's Door. And uh, stay tuned. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Connecting your world. The Internet's number one talk and information station. VoiceAmerica.com Hello, this is Rory Garay, President of Greyhound Pets of America and host of Greyhounds Made Great Pets on Voice America. Join me every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific and 2 p.m. Eastern for an insightful and enjoyable talk about one of man's best friends, the Greyhound. Learn about the history of the Greyhound, discuss proper obedience and training techniques, and find out more about the Greyhound racing industry and what they are doing to help the adoption effort of the former race stars. If you own a Greyhound or just love dogs like I do, join me for Greyhounds Make Great Pets every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Go beyond success and discover a deeper meaning to life. Join host Jeffrey Gitterman and his guests, the premier thought leaders in business, politics, science, spirituality, and culture who have reached the pinnacle of financial and professional entertainment in their fields only to discover a profound lack of fulfillment with what our culture defines as success. So won't you tune in every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time to Jeffrey Getterman and Beyond Success, redefining the meaning of prosperity, right here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. This week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo, Lake Bell from Surface joins us to tell us about the show, and TD0013, our resident stormtrooper, joins us in studio to help us talk about the sci-fi that's happened this week. That's this week on Slice of Sci-Fi with Michael and Evo. A significant portion of your federal budget is spent on national security, economic aid, international development, and the war in Iraq. But what do you receive in return for that investment? That question and many more will be answered when you join Diane Cromer for World Views and Local Perspectives every Thursday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Diane will talk with you about a range of international issues and inform you on how and why these issues have a direct impact on the lives of all Americans. So tune in every Thursday at 12 Pacific Standard Time for World Views and Local Perspectives with Diane Cromer, right here on Voice America, America's Voice. The world leader in Internet talk radio. Internet talk radio. You're listening to America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And I'm your psychiatrist host, wishing, wishing you a very happy Valentine's Day today and helping you to find love with my guest, Diana Kirshner, Dr. Diana Kirshner. She's the author of a new book, Opening Love's Door, The Seven Lessons, and we're talking today about how you can find the love you want. And um, before the break, I was uh, mentioning about how I've been noticing that people seem to 
not be healing as well from, well, first of all, people seem to be having their hearts broken more than I think that they did in the past, and then not really healing well from these broken hearts, instead choosing to get out of the game and uh, just protect themselves and by being alone. Yes, I, I've seen that quite a lot. I, I've seen that quite a lot, especially among women. And um, they just kind of close up their hearts. And it's, the interesting thing is that they will sometimes say, I really want a relationship, but they make no move to actually create a relationship because inside they feel really, you know, really, really deeply wounded and, and a little bitter. And in situations like that, you know, it's always good to go into uh, a form of therapy, I, I feel, and really begin to examine yourself. Um, it's very, very important. And, um, you know, in terms of putting that fairy godmother spin on it, as we were talking about earlier, you, you want to see what kind of work might be more useful for you in terms of you know, being more remedial in terms of the, the things you missed out on growing up. So you may want a more active kind of therapist who talks with you and maybe gives advice, or you may need an analytically oriented therapist who is just present and, um, you know, really, um, really um, un- unconditionally, um, you know, uh, validating. Um, and, but it's very important to give yourself that, you know. It's very, very important. It's a very big gift. Well, why don't you tell us, um, why don't we go through some of the seven lessons? You can pick okay. out the ones that you, I don't know if it ha- does it have, do they have to be in order? No, I'm going <laughs> to tell you, like some of my favorites. Yeah, okay, <laughs> we can start with that. <laughs> the first one is fear lights the way to mastery. And, um, you know, I um, tell you, these lessons were probably the lessons that, that I kind of, um, bit, you know, I don't know how you say this, but you kind of made me uh, what I am today. It really kind of helped me grow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this was the first lesson, fear lights the way to mastery. And the idea is that fear really is a signal that tells us where we need to look. And it can really uncover what we want, what we deeply desire, and um, <clears throat> and then be called, you know becomes a call to action, and that's a that's a kind of spiritual gift. Um, you know, um, for me, um, uh, I was born the, the fifth daughter uh, to old world Sicilian parents who didn't value girls. And after I was born, my father didn't even come to the hospital to see me. You know, mm. I was a throwaway girl. <laughs> So growing up, I was very disconnected from myself and very shy and, and very mute and had very few friends. And um, and um, with the this first lesson was to take that fear that I was feeling and use it as a fulcrum for growth. And as I said, I was you know pretty quiet and shy and mute. And so I forced myself out of my shell and I forced myself to speak up and would force myself to talk to people first one-on-one and then to larger and larger groups. And then I went to graduate school in psychology, which was very hard. And finally, I wound up being on Oprah and Good Morning America. <laughs> Sally, Jesse, Raphael is a, you know, is a guest expert. And I tell you, you know, panic attacks almost killed me along the way. But I did become free. And um, so that's... How, could you explain that a little more, though, how... 
I mean, how does fear light the way to mastery? Uh, first, you identify what the fear is. Well, it's like uh, if you're in an arena that there's some arena that seems uh, frightening or out of your reach, a kind of arena that um, that calls to you, and yet you you feel like you don't have the right stuff. You just feel like you're not up to it, or yeah. you could never you could never measure up. Um, that anxiety, if you use it, kind of to kind of force yourself to jump into the pool, jump off the diving board into the pool, um, you'll wind up, you know... Drowning. <laughs> yeah, you'll wind up swimming and, and in ways that you never could have predicted, you know. Uh-huh. Um, it, you just it, sort of turn, it, turn the energy around into... You turn the energy around and you turn it to your advantage. So it's the funniest thing. I was, you know, the shyest of all of my siblings, and yet here I am yapping on the radio. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So the fear, you know, uh, it it really lit the way to to mastery. Huh, okay. And and, uh, instead of being paralyzed by it to sort of, yeah, I guess being move. paralyzed by it if you if you wouldn't really identify it carefully and and uh, just feel a kind of free floating fear rather than um, jumping knowing what you're most afraid of and then jumping in for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you want to analyze what it is. What is it that you're afraid of? And look at the kind of the opposite of that. Gee, I'm afraid of like you know uh, falling on my face. What's the opposite of that? Gee, I'd like to be standing there looking good, looking great. So um, you know, let me give it a try and just keep going. You push through the fear. You know what you mm-hmm. when you face those kinds of demons, you kind of swallow them and they give you power. Mm-hmm. Okay. What's another favorite? Well. Um, the, another favorite is um, when you face loss, love blossoms. Yes, I saw that. What do you mean by that? Well, you know, it's the fear of being alone that keeps us in relationships that are abusive or destructive, you know. And we have to force ourselves to stand up for what we need, even if it, it, it means that we're risking losing our partners, you know, um, and um, being willing to to stand up for ourselves, you know, and in facing that possibility of loss, we take the first step toward honoring and loving ourselves. So the love that blossoms is for ourselves first. It always blossoms. You've got to blossom for yourself. You have to take a stand for yourself. And then when you do that, sometimes your your partner will to the occasion so that, you know, exhibiting that kind of strength where they, they mm-hmm. sense that you're not going to take the verbal abuse, mm-hmm. you're not going to take the physical abuse, you're not going to take the abandonment that they've been giving out, you know, yeah. and that you're, you love yourself enough to walk out, they often will rise to the occasion and come through for you or go into therapy and try to figure out how to come through for you. Not always. Yeah. But, you know, the point is, is is when you face the loss and you're willing to do that and you have the courage, that's when the love can, can really grow. Yes, I, I agree with that. Now, what about the next one, the divine awaits your daily invitation? Well, the thing that's important about that is that, you know, there is some, some kind of spiritual connection always there for you, even when it seems like there's nothing. It's like you're in a, in a, in a, spiritual, a spiritual desert, you know. Um, and um, 
simply, you know, by regularly practicing any spiritual discipline that calls to you. You know, it may be prayer, practicing yoga, meditation. Some people get a lot of comfort out of a 12-step program, you know. Uh, each of these methods, you know, will take you to either a higher power or a God connection, um, you know, with all that is, and, and um, help you be in the now, you know. There's, there's this, this, this great, beautiful thing called na- the now, the present. <laughs> it is the present for all of us. Yes, and sometimes uh, we're so busy rushing to the next present <laughs> yeah, that we're we, never present during the whole day. We miss all the presents. That's right. We miss all the presents. Even, you know, just a few moments of just being with the now is richer than 24 hours of rushing around mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. In, in this empty feeling, with this empty feeling. Yes, I absolutely believe that. Um and it's so interesting that when you do that, time actually seems to move more slowly. If you spend 15 exactly. minutes, especially in nature, or just contemplating, looking at a flower, or um, you know, sitting sitting in a park, or something like that, and you just um, you know, you measure off 15 minutes, it goes. Time expands, and those 15 minutes are so much longer than oh, you know, I don't know, just. Uh, uh, being in the supermarket, rushing down, rushing along the aisles, or, or you know, driving in traffic, or something like that, where you're know, thinking of a million things and not really, uh, not really anything very important, and all of a sudden you're you're late for work because, uh, and and you don't know where the time went. It's, that's so true. That's so so true. Time the, actually expands when you slow down. <laughs> and and it's yes, and it's so ironic because how many of us think to ourselves, "Well, I can't just take fifteen minutes to look at a flower," <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yet, um, and yet, we really can. I, I I would advise everyone who's listening to just try that today or tomorrow. <laughs> well, time is time isn't expanding right now. <laughs> 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 oh, I hear the music again. It's not working for the show. But I do advise you to try that. If you don't believe me, if you don't believe us, just give it a try. Um, find some place, particularly having to do with nature, and just contemplate something for 15 minutes. You'll be amazed at how slowly that time goes by and how much, how rich the time will be. Because the kinds of things that you think about, you know, will be really useful. Even though some people don't want to have that alone time because they're afraid of feeling sad feelings or lonely mm-hmm. feelings. Mm-hmm. And but you do have to feel those feelings before you can sort of move on to make the changes in your life. That Absolutely, where you won't have those feelings. Mm-hmm. So we now have to take another break. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We're talking today for Valentine's Day with Dr. Diana Kirshner. She's the author of Opening Love's Door. At the end of the show, we'll tell you how to uh, get the book and how to go to her website. And and um, I hope we've kind of made you curious about the alternate ways that there are that maybe are better than what you're doing. So stay tuned, and uh, we'll come right back.
Information you need, when you need it. VoiceAmerica.com Join Laura Mills Alcott on Much Ado About Books for lively interviews with romance, mystery, mainstream, and nonfiction authors. Ranging from the New York Times best-selling authors you know and love to new authors you won't want to miss. Keep up to date with the latest releases and book news. Get book recommendations from our guest reviewers and read our book club selections. Our special topic shows feature a wide variety of experts. And don't miss our surprise guest feature. All this and more on Laura Mills Alcott's Much Ado About Books, Book Talk Radio. Every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, right here on Voice America. West Coast Business Review and host Amy Campbell presents Show Me the Business. Each week, you'll hear exciting guests give you vital information on advancing your business and career. Learn how others have built their empires, from best-selling authors to renowned entertainers. Listen every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 noon Pacific Time on VoiceAmericaRadio.com. Visit our website at www.WestCoastBusinessReview.com. West Coast Business Review's Show Me the Business, connecting you to the business world. World-renowned cosmetic surgeon and scientist, Dr. Andrew G. Berman, hosts Beauty in America, broadcasting every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America channel. What is beauty? How is it viewed in a cross-cultural context? And what is the role of plastic surgery in society, careers, and life? Expert guests join Dr. Berman to discuss historic and current concepts of beauty and plastic surgery, as well as trends, advances, and gimmicks. Beauty in America with Dr. Andrew G. Berman finds out what is real and what is hype right here on the Voice America channel, Fridays at 2 p.m. Continuing to be the authority in Internet Talk Radio, you're listening to VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have questions or comments for Dr. Carol, call toll-free at 1-888-335-5204. Now let's get back to the show. Here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. My guest today is Dr. Diana. She is the author of Opening Love's Door, The Seven Lessons. We've talked about uh, three of them so far. Do you want to mention the others? Oh, sure. Um, the fourth one is falling in love with yourself. It's the first step to finding the love you seek. You know, it really, I mean, everything comes from self-love and your own self-talk. That's very, very important. You know, I, I uh, like people to make it a habit, you know, when they get dressed in the morning to groom their minds as well as their body. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're looking in the mirror, you give the person gazing back at you five compliments about how good and talented and generous she or he is, you know, talking yes. to yourself as if you're your own best friend. Yes, the affirmations. Very important. I, I guess the key is, though, that um, because people... You know, we we've been hearing about that for so long. Just tell yourself, <laughs> tell yourself you're wonderful and beautiful and everything else. Um, and you're looking in the mirror in the morning, and that's about the last thing you feel like saying. But um, I, I, you say that the key is that these can take a long time. You don't just say these things once and. That happens. We're talking about a habit pattern. You've got to break the negative habit patterns where you get up in the morning and you say, oh, my God, I have a pimple. Right. Oh, my God, the wrinkles are taking over my face. Oh, my God, there's another gray hair. 
Right. You know, you have to break those negative patterns, those negative thought patterns, and you have to substitute, you have to find positive thought patterns, you know, about yourself. It's very, very important. Also, that's where your fairy godmother type figure comes in, too, who um, is someone who thinks you are attractive and lovable and so forth. You want to almost like kind of look in the mirror and see your see your face the way they would see you. Like, mm-hmm. oh, how adorable. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and you say not to argue with yourself when you when the negative uh, thoughts come in mm-hmm. because that gives them more power. No, it? you just simply go back to your positive routine and uh, that's, you know, that's going to that's going to prevail. If you keep going back to it, it will prevail. What you put your attention on uh-huh, persists, right, you know. Right. The uh, fifth lesson is your path is a dance of two steps forward, one step back. It's kind of like a cha-cha. You know, whenever you move forward in life, you know, you're going to get fear. You're going to get self-doubt. You're going to get self-sabotaging beliefs, you know. They're going to come racing out to hold you back. And, and instead of being horrified and resisting these old thoughts, you know, you just want to say, hey, it's a cha-cha. It's two steps forward, one step back, and you just accept their presence mm-hmm. and, you know, feel the negativity and then let it go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that way you can kind of conduct an emotional garage sale and get rid of the musty junk from the cellar mm-hmm. of your mind, mm-hmm. you know? That's, that's a good way of thinking about it. <laughs> and then the sixth one, you can go home again. That's what you were talking about with the fairy godmothers, right? That's right. You know, it's it's never too late to have a happy childhood on, <laughs> on some level, you know, you you need to just get yourself a, a really good fairy godmother or fairy godfather who thinks you're adorable and um, take it in. Take in that positive attention, that advice, that love that you need. Practice seeing yourself the way they see you as someone who's really fabulous. And then the seventh step, the purpose of your life is to become your own beloved warrior. Well, well yeah, that's that's really, really important because you got to stand for yourself and that that. That gives you the self-respect and self-love that helps you create love with another person. I mean, and only you can decide if you're living a life that's aligned with your own calling and and the good intentions that you have for yourself and others. You know, only you can earn your own self-respect and self-love. No one else can give that to you, you know. So you want to feel into what you believe is the best way for you to grow and contribute to making the world a better place and... um when you're following these kinds of higher instincts, you become your own beloved warrior and you create a life that you're proud of, you know? Yes, and that's so important because um, really, you know, instead of going out to singles bars or, you know, going some places where you, with the purpose of uh, trying to meet somebody, or really the key is doing, getting involved in things that you that you enjoy and that you can feel good about that makes you, um, puts you in a place psychologically that makes you so much more open to other people I mean, and being in an atmosphere where you're sort of at your best, um, volunteering exactly. somewhere. Exactly. Where you're not really thinking about meeting somebody, you're thinking about, you know, sharing uh, your love with these people. Exactly, exactly. And you're at your best. You're at your best. You know, you're you're doing your calling. You're doing a service. You're 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 just at your best, and uh, it's a it's a delicious way to meet somebody. I tell you, first you meet yourself, and then you can meet other people who yes. are on that same road. Yes, and that that's so much of it too. That uh, 
that instead of looking for somebody else to complete you, mm-hmm. um, really, if you're on a quest to com- complete, I mean, of course, yes, you do, um, ideally, you do need a soulmate to, um, I mean, that's sort of the ideal to have a soulmate who completes you and in, in reflects the love and you reflect it upon each other. But in the meantime, um, you can be creating a lot of love in your own life and kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the show that um, creating creating love all around you, you're caring about other people that comes back so many fold to you uh, in all different ways. You know, it's so interesting because that story that you shared about your father not even coming to the hospital, um, you could have, your life could have, was sort of, could have so easily gone down the, quite the opposite path because women whose, it's the, the, the relationship that a little girl has with her father is the key relationship to their then finding love in the rest of their life or finding a man. Mm-hmm. To um to love them and who they love and that you know you were so destined at that point to not really be able to find that because of um, feeling so negated by your own father and yet obviously you managed to um to put some of these intuitively you know when you were a little girl or a teenager or you know as you were growing up put some of these things to work. Um, so that it didn't come out with that ending that would have been expected. Well, I tell you, you know, I had my fairy godfather who came in <laughs> and helped me out, and there there were a number of people who were very loving along the way and validating, and, uh, and you know, I really took it in. I worked hard to take in, take in that positive input, to take in that love. I worked hard, and um, it's been it's been very, very, very good. Well, yeah, obviously you're proof that this works. So now tell people where they can uh, find out more about the book and also about the Ultimate Guide. Oh, yes. Um, now, uh, the the book is available on my website, which is openinglovesdoor.com, and they can also get uh, free love relationship tips at openinglovesdoor.com. And... Um, the other thing is that uh, there is a short, which is a an e-workbook, that's a companion e-workbook to, to Opening Love's Door, and it's called The Ultimate Guide to Getting the Love You Want. And um, that's been a number one bestseller on Amazon. It's an Amazon short, so it's only available through Amazon. And um, it's uh, one of the best deals around. I mean, it's only 49 cents. <laughs> So it worked out great. I felt really happy about that because that way everyone can can download download a copy and and use the uh, use the material. Yes, and it's very useful. It's very uh, um, some of the, it kind of goes into a little more depth about some of the things that we started to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And it certainly um, it certainly are, are good and easy exercises and yes the fun part is in the book (laughs) (laughs) that's the way i wanted to do it i that's why i wrote the the book as a fable so that would go down easy and you wouldn't have to work at all to get the lesson (laughs) but i but i but what happened because there's only so much uh self-reflection we can handle (laughs) in a day right (laughs) that's right that's right but then I wanted folks to also have, you know, uh, a little workbook. That's why I did the ultimate guide to getting the love you want. And it just worked out so beautifully in terms of having it on Amazon as a short. And the the uh, website, again, is openinglovesdoor.com. 
dot com, mm-hmm. and uh, I suggest that you all go check that out. And of course, download your. That's going to be a good forty nine cents. <laughs> and we we our time is sort of running out. But do you have a, a couple of tips for if people are not or pe- if people are in a relationship, but it's not they're not able to get the commitment that they want and expected this Valentine's Day? Yes, yes, that's a really good question. You know, if you're in that kind of situation, it's very important to to. First of all, make a list of all the reasons why you deserve commitment. And then commit to yourself that you're going to have love in your life no matter what. That's the primary thing, committing to yourself. And then, um, you know, assuming you're with a nonviolent partner, you know, explain to him that you've decided, or her, that you've decided to give yourself a happy, loving, long-term relationship and you'd like it to be with him or her, but if he or she can't step up to the plate, it will be someone else and mean it. And slowly you begin disentangling and moving away uh, from the relationship till there's a, a real shift in your partner's commit le- commitment level, and that's when the love can really grow. No guarantees, but the love can grow at that point. And if it doesn't, then you know that this is the time to get out rather than wasting another year. And just to clarify, uh, sort of quickly, the, when you said if you're in a nonviolent relationship, because if you're in a violent relationship, you sometimes need to, uh, well, you do need to take, to be very extra cautious when you disentangle yourself yes. from it, yes. which you certainly should be doing, yes. um, because these people can become stalkers and very dangerous when you threaten to abandon them, as yes. in the OJ and Nicole situation. Exactly, yes. So mm-hmm. you have to be very careful with that. Mm-hmm. And get to a safe place before you tell him that this is the end. Right. Well, thank you very much again, Dr. Diana Kirshner. The book again is Opening Love's Door, The Seven Lessons. You can get, you can look into it more and get it from openinglovesdoor.com. You can also go to Amazon and for 49 cents get her ultimate guide <laughs> to getting the love you want. Definitely worth it. A short. And, uh, thank you very much for oh. Helping people to giving people advice for how to get the love they want if uh, they're not getting the love or commitment that they want on this particular Valentine's well, Day. Thank you so much, Dr. Carroll. You're welcome. And to all my guests, again, I it's not too late to have a happy Valentine's Day. If it's too late in your part of the world, then plan to have one next year. And plan now by trying to get the, the love that you want and starting today with loving yourself. You've been listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Thank you for joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.